Howdy yolks, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Hitchhill. And today we're finding ourselves. Or maybe we're just going to a diner. So call your mother. And learn to swim. Because today we're bringing you. Moonlight. Ethan, Moonlight was released on October 21st, 2016, just 970 days ago, on a tiny $1.5 million budget. It made $65.2 million worldwide. It got a 98% critic rating and a 79% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 99 on Metacritic. Yeah, 99 on a, Metacritic. What By a wide margin, the best Metacritic-reviewed film we've done. I believe so, yeah. Um, all of those scores, it also won at least two Oscars, one for Best Supporting Actor for Mahershala Ali and one for uh Best it film. won three. Yeah, it won it won Best Picture and Best Supporting Actor. I can't remember what else, but it won three of the eight it was nominated for. It's also really, really good. In fact, I have a positive review. Um, I mean, these are finding a negative review. I'm sure is challenging. You probably dipped into the uh, fan reviews uh, for I'll, that. We'll talk about it. Okay, I have a positive review from Elena Lazik from Little White Lies. This is the top positive review. Uh, it says Jenkins' authorial voice is resounding and strong, and his determination admirable. But I mean, all of these are just glowing. This isn't just like a what did we say it was a 98%? It's not like a 98% where every critic gave it a 7. This is a 98% where every critic gave it a 5 out of 5. Yeah, that is that is absolutely correct. Hang on, I'm doing some math here real quick. Uh... 354. I can't do math for some reason. I'm trying to remember how to do percentages. It's been a long time. So there were, I read seven negative reviews of this, uh, which is all of them on Rotten Tomatoes, and I, ref, I refused flat out to read any of them. Um, I'm not even going to fan, uh, go to fan reviews because I, I don't even want to think about whether that's going to get me. So out of the seven, two of them were written by reviewers from Spanish language newspapers who basically were just like, yeah, a lot of this does not translate at all. Like, not not even just literally doesn't translate. It's like, it, it doesn't sort of make sense out of side of America, especially okay. in a different language. And the other five were just blatantly racist or homophobic reviews. Okay. It was, it was, I, I, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna dignify what these people said by reading them out loud. It's just, it's, it's not like, it's not getting us anywhere. So. All right. That's fine with it was me. an incredibly frustrating experience trying to find a negative review of this movie. Because I had to pick through 36 pages of positive ones. Like, this is 98% out of 354. Here's what I'll say, Ethan. Let's get to a quick binary. Uh, binary review on this film is a one. I think if you have not seen it, you should see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. I think it is a wild experience, and I don't know that it is necessarily going to be a pleasant experience, but it is a necessary well, experience. Yeah, and, and we talk a lot about, on this show, and this is definitely going to be different for us, we talk a lot about movies that, that may not always be good, but are usually fun. This yes. is a movie that is good, but it's not fun. Like, right. you're not, you're not going to laugh. This is on the opposite end of the quality spectrum of, like, Detective Pikachu or Bumblebee. <laughs> right. Right, it's like Bumblebee got its 98% because, like, nobody could really find, like, a major problem with it or whatever score it got. It was like, right. it was like a lot of people gave it, like, six and a half. Like, yeah, this was cool, guys. This, you did, you, you, you did you, a thing you, you there. You breathed yeah. life back into this. This one. This, on yeah. the other hand, is absolutely no fun no, at all. No, no fun. No fun. Zero fun, sir. Yeah, but it's, it's shot beautifully. Oh, yeah, this... this uh, 
so rarely have we delved into this sort of movie in, uh, on our show so far, this sort of like, there's no supernatural element present whatsoever, whether it be superheroes or some some sort of power outside of, of the norm. There is just absolute, it is, it is normal people living everyday life. Right. There aren't even emails back and forth from a guy named Blue. I don't think anybody even has like a phone. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Sharon has a phone. He calls his mom. And then oh, he gets yeah, a call yeah, right, from right Andre. There. Or from right, adult right Kevin. End, yeah. uh, it's just, it is about. This movie doesn't even have dialogue. It, like, there's words, right? But, like, only when absolutely necessary do the characters say anything to each other. This could be this could be a silent movie, yeah. Like, you could yeah, achieve I the, think the you, same deal. I think if you took the, like, if you left the lip, like, the movements of their mouth in, but you took the dialogue tracks out, and you left, the, like, the music in, this would still be a beautiful film, and I think you'd get the whole thing well, out of Well, there's even it. one specific scene in the movie where the dialogue is, is removed from a scene where we're looking directly down a hallway at a person speaking. Yo, what a horrifying scene. But no, there's there, the, I wouldn't necessarily call this a horror movie by any means, but there are there are definitely like what users on IMDb would refer to as frightening scenes. Yeah, there were a lot of scenes. They there's like an old phrase about like you don't put a smoking gun in the scene if you're not gonna use it or whatever. What's the, what's the phrase? I don't know the exact phrase. I know what you're talking about though. But you know, there are multiple scenes where like Mahershala Ali's character is like, "Don't ever put your back to the door." That's how you get robbed or shot. And then later on in the movie, you see uh, Sharon like carrying a gun. Yeah. And I was I was anxious the whole time for somebody to be shot and killed. Like that tension was always there for me. Right. And nobody gets shot or killed. Right. Not on screen at least. Right. There's I mean there's no there's no storyline to it to the to the gun. No. But it is there for like it's it creates It's the there tension. for exposition more than like more than action. Right. Sharon has gone from like this quiet, peaceful boy who runs away to someone who will stand and defend himself. Right. He's grown into the only father figure he had. With, with, with Juan. Juan. With Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. Let me tell you right now. What? That was not a deserved Oscar. I just like, it was a very, very good performance from old Mahershala. Yeah, Love that guy. I mean, One of the most, I, I guess he's not underrated. He's got two supporting actor nominees, or wins now. But like, I feel like he's one of those actors that's like getting away with something and nobody's talking about it. Like, dude's yeah. very good. But this was, he was in the movie for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah, he, he does. Here's the thing. He's got the teach me how to swim scene. He's right? in the, he's in the most important scenes in the movie. Some of them. Well, he's in, I would say. The, the one most important scene well, he's got a couple of good scenes uh he also names the i mean movie. he's not yeah he does name the movie but he's he's in it for no time at all so i can i can sort of i can sort of parse i think how this ended up happening well, there's no there, other supporting there's just yeah it was not a good year for the best supporting actor category there's no joker yeah it's like a lot of the because you know you you sort of you sort of see movies all year, you hear about them, and you're like, those are movies you're not going to get rid of during Oscar season. And, like, none of those movies, except for this one and a couple others, really had, like, a supporting actor that mattered. Right. Like, Hidden Figures was about three women. Right. So, like, let, let, just look at the, the best the best picture nominees, which were this. Uh, Arrival, the, uh, the, the, whatever her name is, Amy Adams, I think it was. Movie about Alien, First Contact. Oh, that movie was supposed to be sweet. Was it good? Did you uh, see it? It was. It was pretty good. It's, it's... It's not for everybody. It's very, uh, 
It's slow. It's like, it's it's very- So is this. It's very good, but it, it doesn't like, it takes a long time to sort of get anywhere. Uh, and a lot of people didn't praise it for that. But like Jeremy Renner would, would have been the person getting the supporting actor nomination for that. And he was just Garbo. Like he could have done so much better. And then you have you have Fences, which is a, about a man and a woman, Denzel Washington and somebody else. I can't remember who at this point. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which is a war movie. So like you're talking like full ensemble cast. Right. Uh, Hell or High Water, which I've literally never heard of. Uh, Hidden Figures, which is about a group of women. La La Land, which is about um, two, two people. people. Yeah. Lion, which did get a supporting actor nomination for Dev Patel. And Manchester by the Sea, which got a supporting actor nomination for um, uh, <coughs> Lucas Hedges, whoever that is. And so the other nominees for this category were Jeff Bridges from Hell or High Water and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. I've never heard of Nocturnal Animals. I've never heard of Hell or High Water or Lion. I had heard of Moonlight. I remember. Because this, this is the movie that had the, 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 the Steve Harvey thing. The Steve Harvey moment. Yeah. This is the one that got, you know, they announced that La La Land had won Best Picture and they were like, uh, wait a minute. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It was Moonlight. Did you see the SNL sketch where they're like, they're interrogating the guy and they're like, I heard you said you didn't like La La Land. <laughs> I have not. Oh my god, it's so funny. All End was the real that deal. Was that was a very good, good movie. Film. Very good movie. Yeah. Um, and then the thing is, like, it took him a minute because, like, nobody was, nobody would have been surprised if it won. Right. Do I think Moonlight, like, does Moonlight winning make a better statement culturally in the long run than two white people play music and fall in love? Yes. Yeah, and that cultural statement has since uh, been just completely undone. Yeah. Uh, we did we did so well there for a minute. Um, and then Mahershala Ali ruined it again. Yeah, we did so well there for a minute. Oscars, we, uh, we nominated this and it won and then then the next picture was a movie about fish sex and then the one after that was just just uh was problematic at best and it was the the worst rated best picture winner in like 30 years there was a lot of poorly rated stuff in the oscars last year yeah but there were there were some like there were some real bangers nominated for yeah. best picture black klansman was, black so, klansman good. was so good <laughs> um yeah was, and and unlike this black klansman was hilarious do you know what i didn't do for a second watching this movie laugh laugh oh my god this was like a monster truck rally they sold me the whole seat, but I only needed the edge. Yeah, this is a this is a tough movie to watch. It really is. It's uh, I just I don't even. Here's the thing. Here's my thing, Ethan. I want to talk about this okay. real quick. I understand the critic praise. I genuinely get it. It's beautifully shot. If you studied film, this is like the kind of thing that you live for. But I cannot believe for a second that there wasn't one critic that was like, I mean, all these characters do is look sad in a mostly quiet movie for the entire thing. Like I'm with the the beautiful shot and I'm with the careful cinematography. But if you are not an educated film goer, I can totally understand you walking out of this movie and being like, that made no sense and I Well, I think that's it. reflected in the... Um... In the, in the audience, audience score. score, yeah. There was a good deal of the audience that was just like, um, what? I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't understand what just happened. And I, I think that, like, you know, when you start getting into these movies that a lot of people would refer to, and this is definitely one of them, a lot of people refer to as Oscar bait, you, you get into that sort of thing where, like, the critics get it. The critics seem to get it more than the general public. Right. Now, I want to ask you, does that have a certain effect on the, like, I'm with you that this should be viewed and appreciated by all people. But I know people who will never get this film. Do you think, like, what do you think is the solution there? Do you think we expand film education so that there's less blockbusters, so that people more understand these artistic expressions? Or do you feel like 
some people aren't going to get it and that's okay. Both. Or or do you feel something different? Well, like if you look at if you look at a movie, like when did the Poet Society come out? 89? Yeah. And that launched I mean, it, it wasn't the only resulting factor, but that launched like an entire decade of like movies that looked and felt and 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 played like that. Right. And we got away from that for a long time after the after the mid nineties, after the late nineties. Like you look at the at the two thousands, like the early two thousands especially. If you look at some of the movies that that made it, that were like huge blockbusters, like the movies that still still get played that we still talk about. Like there were there was a lawless wasteland. There are no rules in the early. There were no rules in the early two thousands. Right. And so I think what you're seeing from movies like this, um is is sort of a return of it's a return of, of of storytelling over over action over you know loud and big i'll agree and with I that and i don't think that's a problem i don't think everybody has to get it but i think that we need to Correct. we as we as people need to do a better job of of trying to watch movies like this oh i agree i think we should celebrate films like this but i also feel like oftentimes critics who get it films like this are reiterating a point that a critic would already know and they the point is lost on someone who wouldn't get it and it just frustrates them further like here's a big point that I've I've been thinking of when you contrast this to the movie we covered last week with Vegard Love Simon that was last week yeah. right? and you contrast this with Love Simon to me it's like being gay and white almost seems like a walk in the park because Simon had a problem for like half of his senior year of his public high school and he was never really concerned for like his health or anything and really the worst case scenario was the last couple months of high school were going to be uncomfortable but Sharon being black and gay suffered for like 40 years of his life and never once felt safe and ended up having to like deal drugs right and he couldn't even finish school because he was bullied so hard that when he finally let loose and broke a chair over a kid's back he was sent up to georgia so here's the thing about him here's the difference between a movie like this and a movie like love simon love simon is didactic it's trying to teach you something correct like that that movie wants you to come out at the end and have if you didn't already know something have learned something right this movie doesn't give a fortnight whether or not you learn anything this movie is this movie is to this movie is standing there going love Simon is a conversation. This is this is a this is a lecture. Right. Th- this is what it is, whether you want it to be or right. not. Right. Like this is not Socratic. I think we can find out. We can define Socrat- those words. Socrates did did uh he was he was the, the 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 questions and answers guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. This Pius didn't kill. Pius is the only yeah. Right. Like this this movie doesn't this this is this is uh this is Cicero. I hate Cicero. Cicero was the great the great like writer the great orator right. Let's see. You also hated Cicero because you like decided to study Latin. Oh, I know. Yeah, he was the orator. The orator. Orator. I think we should, this is a whole different thing, but I think we should just abolish Latin from the high school curriculum. I agree. I don't understand why we have <laughs> I it. I don't think. I don't know why we're using it. If Harry Potter taught me anything, it's that Latin spells were pointless because you could just reveal the map with like, I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good, which is a spell, by the way, all of you who are like, what? How come Avada Kedavra is the only French one? There are a ton of spells in different languages other than Latin. I just want to bring that to your attention. Because like, I, anyway. I read a lot of like, the quintessential Latin texts in like literature translation classes. Exciting news about Cicero. Uh, I don't know if you knew this about Cicero. This is probably the most interesting detail. Uh, he was from a wealthy municipal. Mun, blah, blah, blah. He came from a wealthy municipal family of the Roman equestrian order. So not only was he a great orator, 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 but he could also ride a horse. So Cicero had the horses in the back. <laughs> Because that was kind of like a backburner thing. Would you agree? Cicero was an ugly dude. Ooh, I've never seen 
Cicero. Well, there's a bust of him, which, by the way, that was an incredibly impressive process. What? The bust. The bust process? Yeah. I, I, I haven't ever done a bust, so I wouldn't know. I have no idea how one is made. I would imagine they are chiseled. But this looks like they dipped his head in plaster and we're like, all right, sis, we're going to dump marble in this, liquid marble, and... uh make a U. I keep playing with this hammer and I keep tapping it against my knee and I think I'm going to hit it too hard one day and my knee's just going to die. Probably. So I'm going to put the hammer, put the hammer down? Sure. You want me to put the hammer down? So like, but if you go back to, if you go back to, like, if you want to compare this one to previous Oscar winners, this, this falls in the category as the couple years before it, where, uh, Spotlight and Birdman were the, were the best picture winners. Right. Like, Spotlight doesn't give a flying Fortnite whether or not you agree that there's a problem. It's telling you point blank there's a problem. Right. Um, and that's why I think that was the major thing why Whiplash lost over Birdman. It's like a lot of people were upset that Whiplash didn't win. Um, my time myself at the time included because I hadn't seen Birdman. I'd only seen Whiplash, and Whiplash is a great movie if you've never watched it. It's got J.K. Simmons in it. It's about jazz. Oh, I know. I I've seen clips from it. I've never seen. You'd the film really itself. like it. I know. I've heard it's the kind of movie that I specifically would very much like. But at the end, like, there's too much of a, there's too much of a, a, like, villain and hero relationship in that one for it to, like, have that kind of gravitas, that, that unshakable, like, as you look at a movie like this and, and you're right, a lot of people are going to sit there and go, yeah, okay, I, I, I do not, I do not feel like I am allowed to disagree with that movie. I do not feel like I have the necessary, like, qualifications to disagree with that movie. Oh, yeah. Sharon lives a life I cannot imagine. But it's a life that that hundreds of thousands of people across the world live. Right. But like, it, it shines a light in a way that it's like, I, I don't realize the kind of privilege I come from until I realize this could be a true story. This is uh, autobiographical. Oh, is it? Who's it about? Oh, I, I can't. Brad no. Pitt? About Brad Pitt. <laughs> I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he wrote, uh, wrote and never finished a play about it. Mm. Autobiographical. And then um, Barry Jenkins took the story and was like, I want to turn this into a movie. And the guy was like, how about one and a half million dollars? Uh, the guy being Brad Pitt. That's where Brad Pitt factors yeah. into this. Brad Pitt just like struck him a check out of like <laughs> Brad Pitt's bank account. Well, there was a couple executive producers, but he was, he's the top one. No, I've done a couple different pieces of research there because I thought that was interesting. There was like literally a, an article that was like how $1.5 million of Brad Pitt's money translated directly into an Oscar. The man makes he produces some some worthwhile films. He does. If you look if you look at Plan B Entertainment, whatever it's called, they they have got some hitters on that list, especially recently. Um, but no, this this movie portrays a yeah a lifestyle that I just I can't even begin to to approach or to imagine. Because it would have been one thing if Chiron was gay, and it would have been one thing if Chiron was black. But he's both of them. He's also just like incredibly awkward. Not awkward. Maybe that's the wrong word. But he's incredibly like maybe shy is the wrong word. Shy, I feel like, is a word of privilege that like you have the opportunity to be outgoing, but you aren't. Yeah, that's definitely a good. Stag Fortnite, dude. Good statement. Thank you. Uh, I started talking before I even like fully processed that. Right. Like, Sharon doesn't have the opportunity to even be shy. He is hated from the onset. There's a scene of him as a child where the other kids are playing Smear the Queer. Yeah, that was a wild, that was a wild thing for me to watch on that screen. Was, because like, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure that that game is not still called that. It's not even called that in the movie. They call it by something else later on. Do they? I think so. Anyway, I, I, yeah, we, we had that game in elementary school. Yeah, we had that okay, game. You might want to turn me down a little yeah. bit in your headphones. I'm getting okay. some, I'm getting some feedback. I've got 
got you turned cool. down. Can you hear me still? Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That we we had that game in elementary school. Never thought a, a a a thing about it. I didn't think a thing about it in elementary school, but as as an adult, I've reflected and been like, is that really what we called? Yeah. That? It doesn't even seem possible anymore. But no, they are definitely they are definitely doing that, and they may not call it that in the movie, but like that was definitely a scene that had been put in there by somebody who had heard that name. Like that is yeah. not by and any was... means like a mistake. And he didn't want to participate because he might not have even known what the word meant, but it's like an artistic decision to be like, this kid doesn't want to participate because the other kids don't realize how evil they right. are. Yeah, that was some that was some shockingly good dialogue, like some, some dialogue-less storytelling that was very, very interesting. Right. And was that Kevin he wrestles with at the beginning? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's Kevin. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was the same character or if there no, was... No, they did. That was one thing I thought was a bad job. They Because the guy, the kid that they chose to play... A young Kevin looks more like the bully than he does like Kevin. Like when Correct. you move to the next generation and there's that kid bullying Sharon, the one still calls him little. Yeah. That kid looks more like Kevin than Kevin does. Right. Like when they reintroduced Kevin, I thought it was a different person. I did too. I just figured this was a boy that he met. In the interim. Yeah. Right. The And that, that was like... I was able to pick that up just fine. I was like, oh, okay. So he had that experience as a kid, and now this is the person he's going to have experience with as a as a middle-aged, as a teen. And then as an adult, he's going to meet, like, you know, planning ahead in the story, I was like, and as an adult, he's going to meet a third guy that he, you know, is, like, able to be happily in love with. But this movie doesn't really have a happy ending. It doesn't have a not happy ending, though. He ends up with the guy, but, like, you don't feel like their life is going to be any easier because they're together. But they're willing to accept the challenge of them being together right. because the benefits of being with the person they love outweighs the fear for their lives that comes with that. Right. And also, I mean, like, you get the you get the the impression that Chiron doesn't want to go back to Atlantis and doesn't want to go back to dealing drugs. Right. So I think that, like, in the course of those couple scenes, he made a lot of progress. Because he doesn't want to have, like, want. Right. And this was also a moment for me where I was like, you know, Kevin is asking him, like, don't do you want to go back and sell drugs? You know, how did you get into this life and all this stuff? And in my mind, I was like, I, I don't, and maybe I don't know any, I don't know anything about drug dealing. Pretend I've never talked to a drug dealer in my life and you've got my level of knowledge about this. Uh, but my understanding is that you can't just get out of selling meth. It depends. It seems like Chiron was probably the guy that, that he had probably put himself in a position of of being the guy. Right. I think people would notice if he stopped showing up to work. I think that, uh, no, I think that he could probably get away with it. You I think, think he's so? at the point, yeah. I can't imagine these days with these cell phones, you got a little tracker on you all the time. I guess you just get it. He was also number. not selling meth. Well, that's what the Mahershala Ali was selling. He was selling crack. Or crack. Crack not meth. Pretend I know no, nothing is, about drugs. Crack is not meth. Okay. Crack is is a derivative of cocaine. Okay. Meth is like directly synthesized. You learned nothing from Breaking Bad, did you? I learned plenty from Breaking Bad. I just thought crack and meth are the same not. thing. They're not. Okay. Because because they're all the rock. I thought you were getting rocks. You get crack rocks. That's that's what the or you get meth no, rocks. That's what rocks means. Let me tell you something, Ethan. If I was in the same room as like cocaine, I would cry. You've said that many times on this show. <laughs> just reiterating I, like, that. I, I just want you to be no, aware that, that that would scare and me. Honestly, to death. that was the only scene for me that took me out of this whole thing. Was Kevin being surprised that Chiron got into selling drugs? I think I think what happened to Kevin was he went to prison as well, and it worked. Right? Yeah, but I think that he went to a different kind to prison. Yeah. I think I think Kevin is from a place of slightly more privilege, and I could be wrong about this, but I think he, he comes from maybe a slightly more put-together household than Sharon. Definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, Sharon's mother's a crack addict and a prostitute. Right. And the father's not in the picture at all. Right. And Juan dies. Juan dies. Yeah. Is that what happened yeah. to him? You got. There's a lot of stuff you gotta. You gotta really look to catch in this movie. Um. So when he goes over, he's living. He goes to stays with just Teresa, and then he comes mm -hmm. home, and his mom's all like, "Oh man, 
she's still living alone. I haven't seen her since a funeral. Oh, I just figured that was like a community thing. No, that's the, yeah, one's dead. Otherwise okay. he would have definitely come back. Well, that's what I would have thought. But I thought when he says something to, to Sharon early on and the Sharon's like, I don't know, they have that falling out. And I figured he was like, you know what? You're right. I'm not qualified to do this. And he just stepped out of the picture. No, no. Cause he would have, yeah, he, he's definitely dead. All right. Um, yeah. They, t- they tell you a lot of different things sort of like backhanded that way in this movie. Right. Um, There's a lot to unpack here. It really is. And, 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 you know, we two straight, never doing drugs, white dudes are probably not the best qualified people to, to unpack this. But I think, I think we, but it's like, I was able to understand the points they were making with like a shocking, horrifying amount of clarity for somebody that has never lived through it or experienced it. Did you understand why, like, could you put yourself in Sharon's shoes to break the chair over the kid's back? I mean, probably. No, I know. I know for me personally, I was bullied in high school. Not to the extent that this kid was. My struggle was not like this. But I know that even at the small level of bullying I went through, I never once felt like harming a a classmate. No, but like Chiron, you know, he he feels unwelcome at home. He feels like he he doesn't have a place to live. His father figure's gone. The only person that he's ever been intimate with, the only person he shared that part of himself with, the, literally the next day, is beating the living shirt out of him in the parking lot. Yeah. Like, that is a whole... What, what a powerful That story. is a whole level of of bullying that I, I can't even like. Oh no, I get, I feel like I get it. I when when he did it, I was like, you go. Yeah, it's like I yeah I, I definitely that was the do. one moment where I was like, oh Fortnite. Yeah, dude, because that was a yeah, that was a ass. heck scene too. Like the way that was shot. Because it doesn't, yeah. you know, you feel the tension. Every time he walks through a door, you feel like, oh man, this is not going to go well. He walks into class and it's just like, oh, he's just going to go to class. You see him walk in front of the chair. Like, oh, he's just going to sit. No, no, he's not going to just sit down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he is it. Uh, I also feel like you get this weird thing where like Kevin is like in with the cool kids, right? He's always had an easier time balancing this interest thing. And you get the feeling that maybe he isn't like, maybe he is like bisexual or pansexual or something. He's able to fake it a lot better than Sharon is. Right. Even as a kid, Sharon's mom was just like, this kid, he's never going to be anybody because he's gay. Right. You know, you Can know, you imagine growing he up here gay? He says that to, yeah, he says that to, or she says that to, to Juan. Yeah. Uh, and, and Sharon can't have been more than, you know, eight or nine years old at that point. I have no idea what, I, I've, I, I've realized this a lot, like doing the show and watching movies that have kids in them. I have no idea what kids look like. Like, really? I have no idea how to pinpoint how old a kid is on screen. I said kid was like eight. It, it, was he though? Because I have no idea. I, that's what I thought, like eight or nine years old. But like, if you had told me, oh, that kid's twelve or whatever, or you told no, me like, oh, he's twelve, he, you know. But there's a lot of times where it's like, ah, oh, man, that kid could be ten or he could be fifteen. Like, and there's a big difference for the story. Yes. So I have no idea what kids look like, like at any given age. That's the, I mean, kids grow at different paces, so it's it's tough. Yeah. I also don't know what people look like. Like I used to card people when I was 14. I had to card people at Kroger to sell yeah. alcohol because you could do that at a grocery store in Virginia. I don't know if that's normal everywhere, but I could do it. Uh, and I remember I have a very distinct memory of this lady coming through the line, and I was like, "Can I see your ID, ma'am?" And like, try telling a 14 year old that he has to ID people who are 21. The only demographic he never gets to spend time with, and he thinks are the coolest group of people on earth. Right. Right. Uh, uh, but I was like, ma'am, could I see your ID? And she laughs in my face. She said, I haven't been ID'd in 30 years. And I was like, oh my God. And that was true. She was like 55. And that's one of those moments that just sort of haunts you in the back of your mind forever. You get right. that anxiety. And like, she, I you mean, wake up in the middle of the night like, oh my God. Like, And she was flattered. You know, she was like, and she showed me her ID and it was like a funny moment for her. And she probably talked about it at dinner party that weekend. But it's still like, how did I get that so wrong? I know wrong? so many people that and just it, get incensed when they're asked for their ID. People our age, people like 25, 26, 27. But you want my ID? I come here. I come to this bar all the time. Let me tell you right now, 
if bartender asks for your ID and you're under 30, even if you go to that bar all the time, you don't know if they had a meeting where the guy, where the owner was like, hey man, I think the ABC guy's coming through tonight. Uh, if you let anybody slide without carding them, it's going to be a $20,000 fine and you're going to spend five months in prison. So just, you know what, just for tonight, just be safe because I had that conversation all the time. Right. And it's just like, I don't know, it takes five I, seconds. Right. Your $3 Bud Light is not worth $20,000 to me. Let me see your driver's license. Now- now, on the other hand, bartenders, just a little, this is a complete sidebar. Bartenders, if you work at, at, at a bar where you card, you should probably learn like where the birthdays are on the IDs from your state. It's on the bottom right. Yeah, because I hand my ID to a lot of freaking bartenders that are just like, oh, uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are uh, birthday, birthday? Where's the birthday on this? Uh, uh, mm. I'm like, we live in a retirement community, Ethan. I don't know if you knew that. They haven't looked at an ID in years. Yeah, but like, years. if you're going to ID me, you should should like at least know and i'm in i'm in the state that you work in out of state out of state right. fine whatever i'm in south carolina your ids are like laminated still whatever like <laughs> but if i'm in virginia just learn where the birthdays are on virginia ids it's, it's just that's that's just it which is my little grievance there is like you know on one hand i, I have no you know problem me? showing my id on the other hand just like it shouldn't take 25 minutes for you to find the birthday you know what gets me is the can you clarify some details on your id questions like, they'll take your ID and they'll say, what's your birthday? And I'm like, 120192. And they're like, what's your driver's license number? And I know it. I've got it ready to go. I've That's never and, happened to me in my life. Right. But like, I, I think it's only happened to me maybe once or twice. But I know it and I'm ready to go. And then it's like, well, if I know these things, now it looks like I'm faking it. Why am I getting anxious? I am of age to buy this alcohol. That's my driver's license. Do you want to see all my credit cards that have that name on them? Do you want to see my passport? They what have, do you want to see to I know that's me? I have been double ID'd before. Really? Where they're like, yeah. Well, because you have the straight, you, you still have the vertical. I had nothing to do with it. Oh. It's just like, you know, it, it, was in, uh, it was in Blacksburg at Hokie House, and there was a sign that was like, we require two forms of identification. But a lot of students would just have like their student I ID. I just showed them a credit card that had my name on it. Like, right. But yeah, it's like a lot of people would have, yeah, like their Hokie passport. Uh, you said something about rails this week on Twitter. I vomited <laughs> in my shoes and put them back on. <laughs> I can go for a rail. It's been too long. It's been long it's enough. It's been too long. Ugh. Tots. Tots is legendary. Can you imagine going in there now? I would be like, yeah, oh I my god. Yeah, I can't imagine going in there now. It's just a bar, I don't have. Dude. I don't have a pacifier for these literal god. children. They're like 16, They're not man. 16. Some of them, I'm sure, are. There's a Blacksburg High School. <laughs> They, they <laughs> identify pretty hard in some places like that. They do. To either these people are like twenty one. The they're undergrads. That was the thing in New Orleans, man. Like, yeah, you can you can do whatever you want. Like, you can you know walk around naked. Like, you can drink in the street. But like, God help you if you do not have your driver's license. You oh, can't go anywhere. Yeah, it was a it was a wild place. I don't I don't recommend. I recommend New Orleans. But you can go. I would say if you're there for more than three days, you're gonna start feeling it. We were there for two for forty eight of God's hours. <laughs> they were and blessed. by the time we left i was like i never want to spend another minute in this forgotten like swamp hellhole you you be you start smelling like new orleans right. like you show me that song by luda that lake pontchartrain song mm -hmm. and i get it man yeah like <laughs> i have a religious devotion to that song love a song that tells a story even if that story is complete and utter nonsense about being eaten by crawfish in lake pontchartrain oh the weird thing about my laundry room is that it's also my office so i can't do laundry while we record the podcast, which we have done four times in the past seven days, and it just messes up my rhythm. Do you normally do laundry during recording? I have done it before when it was in different rooms. Fair. Do you not? No. What's your laundry rotation? How frequently are you doing a load? 
I don't know. Are you like a 10-day guy? Seven-day guy? I do it whenever I need to guy. Oh, man. See, I live that's in a like, world where that's if I don't- more frequently than 10 days. If I don't do a load of laundry every day, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. I get backed up on laundry, and that's worse than not You're having You're wearing too underpants. many clothes. I'm not. I wear an outfit to the gym, and then I typically change into an outfit for work, and that's usually like a polo and a pair of khakis or jeans, and I just wear that for the rest of the day. Then how are you getting backed up on laundry? I don't, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing that's revolutionized my laundry situation, and this is a dad thing. Maybe you'll learn about this in a year, huh? Negative. Two years? <laughs> Two years? I'll learn about it when I want to. How are our kids going to get married if you don't have our kids? Our kids are not going to get married. Why? That would just be so weird. Because my kids are 10 years older than that your kids? That would be weird, yeah. Your kids are not going to be 10 years older than my kids. They are going to be okay. older than everybody so, else's kids. My kids? Yeah. Jonathan's kid's older than my kid. Your kid can't marry Jonathan's kid. Oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you that other than just to be straight with you, Tyler. No, I know. I can't. I know that Olivia can't marry Luke, but like there there are boy children out there that are older than my daughter. Yes, but I mean, among like our friends, like your kids are going to be older than everybody else's kids. Right. Well, maybe some of them, maybe, maybe we'll have a kid and then you'll have a kid next year. And I then am not a year after a that, kid we'll have another kid. Year. Maybe you could like get the process started. I'm not in any hurry. I'm in a I hurry. I know you are. You've been in a hurry your you. whole life. That's all I've ever wanted. You wanted to take pictures and go on tour. I wanted to have kids. I feel like we're both achieving our dreams. Right. I agree with that. Okay. So when are you having kids? <laughs> <laughs> See, Tyler, when I say to you, as I have before in the past, Tyler, you're pushing your dreams on me. This is what I mean. <laughs> I, I, no. What about your daughter's dreams or your son's dreams? Because those are really what matter to me more than anything. I do not have a son or daughter to have dreams yet. Uh, they're they're coming. <laughs> they're anyway, not in any particular uh, hurry. Also, if oh if you got to get married so first. When are you getting married? I'm not answering that question on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, what else? So you need to have kids. I'm with that. Chris needs to have kids. Chris, are you listening? I need you to have kids. He is also in no particular hurry. I know. Chris and Sarah are like just perfect human beings. They're both so pretty. They're both so good at everything. They've got turf. How do you get turf? Sod. You just lay down sod, Tyler. Is it expensive? It's not. I mean, it's not free. Who do you even, who do you call? You call Chris? Oh, is he the turf guy? He put that down himself. He and Sarah right, put that right. down. Turns out, turns out, sod, not that hard. It comes in rolls. I know. Like, you just roll it out. It's funny. Their, their sod looks so good, and it's a different color than the rest of the grass in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gets me every time. Uh, There's a big anti-lawn movement going on on, on the Twitter right now. Anti-lawn because we waste so much money on water for Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah, it's just a whole lot of things. Lawns are racist. <sighs> well, they're, they're just like an, a sign of like... Like, having, like, a turf lawn is just, like, a, a, it, it's the most privileged thing you can do. It's going, like, the grass I have isn't good enough. I want different grass. You don't have grass. You have weed. I know. And I want grass. No, there's nothing natural about a lawn, though. Sure there is. There's not. Sure the, what, what are humans? Aliens? Everything we do is natural. That's not true. Skyscrapers are natural. No, they're not. What no, are they made of? Not. Moon rock? That's not, how the na- that's not how nature works. Yes, it is. This is the dumb... Oh, I hate this stupid argument. It's not natural. What do you mean it's not natural? It's not. Lawns humans don't are occur part in of the nature. Earth. We did it. What do you mean they don't occur in nature? Humans occur in nature. Humans do things. Therefore, those things occur in that's nature. Not, you're getting way too mad about this. Oh my gosh. This is the stupidest argument. It's not. Lawns have a lack of biodiversity, which is problematic. Put the pop filter back. (laughs) Here's the thing. No, 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 no. no. You shut the hell up, Tyler Carlin. Look, listener, listener. I need you to understand what it's like podcasting with Tyler. 
podcasting. He can't stop touching things, which is fine. <laughs> but one of those things, especially recently, <laughs> is the pop filter in front of his microphone. It's loose. That's why I keep touching it. I tightened it. It's not. It's not loose anymore. I don't have any more problems. I don't know what you. But look, what happened? These things to cost like a whole seven dollars, Tyler. I don't know how you'd expect them to 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 not come loose. I know. If you are a new podcaster, here's some things to invest in that don't cost a lot. Also, we're going to talk about investing your money smartly and voting with your dollar real quick. If you are a new podcaster, buy a pop filter. It is very inexpensive and will make a huge but difference. But spend like $15 on one. Yeah, not, I would get not, not the cheapest, the cheapest, one, cheapest one you can find. But not the most because expensive one you can find because at the end of the day, it's really yeah, pantyhose it's stretched over panty a Pantyhose on, yeah. There's an episode of I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats where... Uh, Joseph records with a pop filter and John records with a sock on his microphone. And Joseph was mm-hmm. just like, tell me at the end if you can hear a difference. And you can't. But buy the but pop buy the, filter. Yeah, buy the pop filter because you're not paying for the pantyhose. You're paying for the stick that the pantyhose is attached to. And right. that's the part that also, makes me want to throw this thing out the window. I don't know how expensive pantyhose are, but this might be a, a good deal on pantyhose. Additionally, if your friend has a small business, there are lots of great ways to support them for no money. But the best way to support them is to buy their product. Yes. Go to teespring.com like, slash store slash bacon dash and dash eggs like you can support them by leaving a positive itunes review for their podcast or or joining their facebook group or tweeting about their product whatever it is telling your friends about the product but the best way to support your friend's business is to buy the product yes absolutely the best way to support your friend's podcast is to go to their patreon i don't know why we're saying this this is weirdly like uh i don't know i don't know what's happening i don't know moonlight right moonlight a lot less moonlight in this film than i would have thought this is a very bright film for the most of it a lot of colors yeah uh no not a lot of colors. colors very few colors well you know juan's house favorite house in the world it's just half yeah, painted. Yeah, half painted pink. They just like gave up halfway through. I love that. That what yep. a, we need bold strokes. But no, this movie is <coughs> very like they made it look like the sun was a fluorescent tube. Yeah. Like this is very also, white light. And everything is yeah. fluorescent. Well, that's 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 Hollywood though. That is the most Hollywood thing you can do. How do we reflect I tweeted this last night. How do we reflect visually reflect poverty and underprivileged lifestyles? Fluorescent lights. Yeah, which is weird because fluorescent lighting is not the cheapest No, but everybody looks terrible under fluorescent lighting. And fluorescent lighting rings of like this, you know, it it, it rings of like things that you're not supposed to want, like government housing. Yeah. Um, Man, the house that Sharon lives in looks scary. Yes. So that, so, so, so that's, and that's what this, what this movie is about. About is just the entire system that leads sucks. Yeah, the entire system sucks. The entire system that leads Sharon, the abused son of a drug addict, to feel like his only option is to sell drugs. To get back in the circle. He comes from a world where you don't get a job. No, you because go to, there aren't you go to jobs prison for people like you. Or you sell drugs. Right. Like there like in his mind, there is no job he could do. He finds out that Kevin is a chef and he's like, what? Like a normal person job? Yeah, like he got a nine to five. And that's that's like a complete shift that's that's like not even a shift that's a that's a mentality that like i feel like i'm scared of your profession right now like the fact that you're like a freelance photographer because there's not enough structure to it and you're doing great with it and i'm super proud of you and i'm and i love everything about it but like the thought of me doing that of doing something like that scares me to death (laughs) yeah i mean i feel that um yeah but sharon comes and that's like a real yeah, job. It is. <laughs> but Sharon comes, yeah, Sharon comes from a place, and you hear this all the time 
from white people who come from small towns. Uh, and that is that is definitely like I'm not here to like to to make an archetype out of like black problems by comparing the white people. But like it is a real problem for like rural white people. It's like a lot of people grow up. Well, not a lot, but a percentage of people that grow up in like tiny towns never leave them. Like there's no way out. And, and you hear this all the time in movies and and um and, and songs, and everything. It's like, you know, I grew up in a place where there was there was, you know, there was no way out. You lived here, you were born here, you die here. Right. And, and it's the story about like the one person who went to college in a different city and then found a job in that city. Right. It's like at the beginning of, uh, of uh, Jersey Boys, the movie about Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons by Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood. The Clint Eastwood musical. The weird statement to say out loud. But uh, yeah, at the beginning, the dude's just like, look, we came from a part of New Jersey where there's only two ways out. You get famous or you get killed. And that's this, except there is no getting famous. Right, yeah. No, there's no there's no opportunity for like fame Kevin, Kevin and joy. Kevin never left Miami. He just became, he just a, became chef. a chef in Miami. In like a, like a, not even like a big deal no, diner. just like the equivalent of a Waffle House. Right, like he became a, he calls himself a cook. Yeah. He's a, which is a, not a chef. Yeah, he's a short order cook. Um, And he makes this like fancy meal for him and it's like canned black beans and, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing special. Right, he like tries to pour wine for Sharon. And he's got it in the in the plastic diner cups. Yeah. That the Dr. Pepper Brep brings. Yeah. And it's like Sharon got out because he went to prison. His mom got out because she went to rehab. Right. That's it. Those are your options. And for Sharon, that's all it's ever gonna right. be. So this movie's a commentary. It's not even commentary. This is a movie is a slap in the face to the the school system and especially the prison system. And what I thought was interesting was that the teachers at this school were like well dressed, they seemed caring, they seemed like they genuinely wanted to do their jobs. Right. I know you don't get like any FaceTime with the teachers, right? Because the, the problems of the kids at home and at school greatly outweigh their interest in learning microbiology. Right. And that's the that's the um that's the st- the statement I think this movie's making is because you see um oh what the hell is the name of the movie? Freedom Writers? No. No, 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 no. Um You remember that one though? No. What is that? It's about uh some I don't know, famous white woman uh becomes like a teacher in an inner city school and she gets them to write in journals and then they become like caring students and the programs help like thousands of kids across right. the country. Hang on a second. It's a good film. I'd say it's worth two ninety nine on But Amazon no, there's Prime. so many um yeah. I'm trying to look up a movie. No, there's so many, like, um, so many movies where, you know, the teacher's the kind of guy that, like, or, or girl that saves the kids, you know, and th- this is not right. one of those movies. Right. The teacher couldn't be that person. Right. It's like, there's a movie with, uh, uh, I'm still trying to find what it's called. Uh, there's a movie called, there, it's To Sir With Love. It's got Sidney Poitier, who was, like, a famous black actor, and he goes and is, like, a teacher in London in the 60s and has to like dead poet society these kids who are just they're like they're like bad seed kids who are going to be like dropouts right and it's like this white dude or I mean this black dude who's very well dressed very smart very well spoken teaching these absolute like breakfast club ingrates that are all white Yo, the nerd was not an ingrate okay but they're like it's it's an entire room full of full of uh Judd Nelson's okay. vendors yeah Bender. Yeah, they even dressed like him. In the yeah, 60s? it was England. Oh yeah, they were like they were the not hippies of the sixties. Was Bender? Here's a quick question for you about the Breakfast Club, Ethan. Was Bender supposed to be hot? Uh, some people think so. Was Emilio Estevez supposed to be hot? Emilio Estevez supposed to yeah, be hot. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like it, that, they're they're all their their style, their whole look just does not translate. It is the opposite the, of the timeless. goth girl. Yeah, like the goth girl, I think is the the prettiest yeah. of the group. I think Molly Ringwald is very attractive. There's no right, doubt but about like that. that hairstyle ruins but, everyone. Right, and there's some things that are classic. It's like uh, you know, everybody talks about the the current like. I mean, it's the same haircut that you and I have, but the like the traditional Fortnite boy. 
cowboy haircut of the mid 2015s. Yeah, and it's like, and you know what? I don't, I don't have a clue what's going to come next, and I don't know what to do. That comes when it around happens. like every twenty years because right. it's just like a normal haircut. Right. Like it looks good on. This it looks been good on all in, white dudes. Right. This haircut's been in in some form or another for the past, I'd say, hundred years. Yeah, but it, it definitely has its ebbs and flows. Yes. But I, I think all it takes is David Beckham to play one soccer game or show up to one event before we're all like, all right, the next thing. That's it. No, now. it's it's already That's happening. It. It's already happening. Long hair on guys is coming back. Well, we had a little resurgence that with the man bun thing. No, but like, but just like having long hair, not like super long, but like like shoulder length. What do you think? When you think man bun, do you think that is a feminine look or a particularly masculine look? If you were to put it in such binary terms, uh, I neither. Neither. I don't because I don't particularly think like. It really depends on the person. I know, because like Jason Momoa, that's a- Yeah, sometimes I see dudes, but it's like, you gotta have the face for a man bun. You gotta have the jaw yeah. for a man bun. Can you imagine me with a man bun? No. It also Can it I also Google looks that? super weird on dudes that are like clean shaven. Yes. Like you gotta, you don't have to have a beard, but you gotta at least have the like, the permanent state of like 11 o'clock shadow. Oh, there's an app for this. For what? What I would look like with a man bun? Yeah, let's, hold on. I can tell you that I do not have the face for a man bun. You don't think no. so? You don't think long hair Ethan is is I think that if I had long hair I would have to do a man bun. But like I know that a lot of a lot of my friends are doing the like it's not long hair so much as it's just like a lot of hair. It's just like a non haircut. Oh, I know that because that's that's I think that might be part of the punk rock music scene of RVA though. Yeah, but like if you look two years ago, they all looked like us, like all of them. And now they have more tattoos all those... than me. I saw a report the other day that you'd be so yeah. proud of. Turns out having tattoos has absolutely no effect on your ability to get a job. Says a, a new report of like over two thousand different employers in all fifty states. I did see that. It's also being it's also so, being retweeted uh, and and reposted on Facebook on my particular timelines by some real idiots. What do you like, mean? Why do you like say that? girls that have like one shoulder tattoo of like a tiny bird they're like i could finally get a job now well the, the report is that uh like we didn't make a decision no, i'm not, I'm not even talking about the, i'm not even talking about the report i'm talking about people like people that are acting like they're somehow changed by it this app the yeah. man bun app almost definitely was made for like the ipod 3gs <laughs> i gotta take my headphones off for the selfie i can tell you oh you just took your headphones off Duh. we gotta add the bun okay this app sucks. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. It just gives you a little, the bun itself, a little transparent, the bun itself. It doesn't give you the slick back hair. Oh, well, that's, that's not how bun works. <laughs> I know. I'm not about this. No, but for the, right. for the bun, for the man bun, and this is like the most ridiculous thing to be talking about on a movie about black people, but for the man <laughs> bun, you, you have to have the right jaw and the right hairline because all yes. the man bun does is like, if you have any problems with your hairline, that's going to make it look like it. Yes. So there's, there's people that it works for, but for the most part i think that that's a trend that needs to go away really you don't like the no. man bun i've seen very few people that i was like this this is an improvement really i feel the opposite i feel like most people i see with a man bun i'm like wow that's a bold look and i like it yeah but like how many people most do you people know I see with, with a man bun are jason momoa but even in real life it's like you're, you're talking about like david elliott i know david elliott i've got to work david with a man, man bun anymore. looks great on him david elliott i don't think did when i knew him he had like real david elliott is a is a prominent rva musician who once in my public speaking class gave a speech about agave and tequila a, and that's he was a hampton roads musician whatever east of virginia east of roanoke virginia based musician east of charlottesville yeah but there's a big difference between between the two places i mean to you to you yeah also to the people that are involved yeah but not to me who is not involved tangentially evolved involved anyway um you could call it southeast america music scene and i would be like yeah that works i'm, I'm with that 
That is too broad. Too broad? Too broad. Eastern seaboard. That is more, that is more broad. Less broad. That doesn't have Texas. South, Texas is not southeast. I'd say you put Texas in the southeast. I don't think you could. You think southeast is east of the, the Sippy? Yeah. I would say like Mississippi, Alabama, and, and east up to like Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Really, we need to, we need to get over this. It's up to D.C. Virginia is included, everybody. Listen, I'm not proud of it. We've done some terrible things as the South, but Virginia is the South. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, listen, Nova kids. (laughs) You're not special. Where did your weird Northern pride come from? You're South of D.C. They sold the freaking capital to the Potomac, okay? North of Nova. Anyway. Let's talk about Moonlight, unless you have something okay. else that's, unless you have something funny. Uh, this isn't, this isn't a funny day, Ethan. Moonlight well, you were the is one a that was like, you were the one that was like, I want to get into some jokes. I do so want to get into, into some, some jokes, jokes, funny man. I've got give me no some jokes. jokes about this movie. Not, not even jokes, no but jokes just give me jokes in film. general. This is what makes comedy, right? Me just like telling you to be funny. Telling you to be funny. So like... Pitbull's from Miami, but I didn't get the vibe that he was involved yep. in any of the same stuff as these people. Pitbull's from... Is all of Miami not exactly the same? No, it's not. Really? Yeah, it turns out. There are other parts of Miami. I'll tell you, this movie does a really good job of showing how miserable and humid it is in Miami. Because the kid gets in, water, in the water for the swimming lesson, and he looks like he gets exactly zero more wet. Yeah. This movie, I think, is the first movie that has ever accurately described what it's like in Florida. It's so Like, when I humid. looked at this movie, I was like... Because you look at Paper Towns, that movie takes place in Orlando. Yeah, but Orlando is, like, the happiest place yeah, on no, Earth. No, it's not, though. Orlando has Disney World, which isn't even in Orlando. But it was filmed in, like, Indiana, wasn't it? It? No, it was filmed in Orlando. Oh, yeah, was it was it? like the Orlando skyline. I don't know. But anyway, I know that like movie that movie was... could take place. Okay. And I get that that's kind of the point. But that movie could take place anywhere. This movie takes place in Florida. Yeah. In, in Miami. Miami. Like as from the second this movie opened, I was like, it's hot. I feel hot. Hot. I feel. I feel. Juan's warm. walking around in pants, feel... and I'm like, why? Why you got? Everybody's got pants on always in this movie. Well, that's just a part of it, man. You stick your tongue out when you talk. Yeah, that's what Mahershala did. Every time he'd say something, he'd be like, "Hey, man." He does that all the time. You know, I ain't trying to mess with your boy or nothing. And then we stick his tongue out. Yeah. That's what I do when I talk. I don't think it is. Not at all what I do when I talk. Not even a little bit. Ethan, I want to know, what was the most powerful scene in this film for you? I want to know. And I want you to break down the swimming scene for me. Why is that the scene that, like, everybody is always like, this is the greatest scene of all time, and you need to be talking about this scene, because it's freaking amazing. And I get it, right? Like, we are the camera, and we're drowning, and we are Sharon, and we don't know what to do. And even when he learns how to swim, he still feels like he's drowning. So even though he knows... He's going to be okay. He still feels like he's drowning because he never really feels okay, right? And then Juan is gone. He's swimming on his own. The end of the scene, Juan's not even there. And then he wants to do it again. And he's like, I'm going to go be myself and I'm going to swim and I'm going to swim in the bathtub of my house, but I have to heat water to put it in the bathtub. And he doesn't turn the freaking oven off, but we don't see any of the bad results of that. But that's got to be a serious thing. I thought for sure there was going to be a follow-up scene where they like lived in a different house because he burned the last one down. I think you're thinking about that the wrong way. What am I thinking about the wrong the, way? The oven thing. No, I think it matters that he didn't turn no, the oven not, off. They show him turn it, it off. It does not matter that he doesn't turn the oven off. Oh, man. I was ultra anxious immediately. Okay, because you're looking, you're looking, looking at the they wrong things. Show, I'm not looking you are, at the absolutely. Wrong that is you looking at lot, the wrong thing. I think everything there is planned. I think there's a lot to interpret there, and I don't think that's the only thing, but I think it's something but Turning to the oven on is planned. Turning the oven off doesn't matter. So break down that scene for me. You just went on like a five-minute tirade 
that linked five different scenes. Yeah, so talk to me about the swimming scene and then the follow-up scene where he puts the warm water in the bathtub. No, you just said everything you need. You feel like you need to know about it. Right, but I want to know what you have to say about it. I want to know your interpretation. So it's the first time that Sharon feels like, at least this is what I got out of it, the first time Sharon feels like there's any possibility, any hope for him whatsoever. Because, like, he know he found this, because, uh, you know, it, 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 this movie is not by any means shying away from stereotypes. And, like, there's a deep-rooted stereotype that black people don't swim. They don't right. know how... They don't want to know how. There's different reasons you get into for that. But he meets this guy, this father figure to him. He has this this transcendent moment where he feels safe, he feels loved, and he feels cared about. And he learns to swim, which is something that, like, his friends probably don't know how to do. His friends will probably never try. But he knows how to do it. He was taught how to do it. And so he goes home trying to, to replicate it, but, like, he can't even get... And that's important. He can't even get in the bathtub without, like, baking his water first. Like... Like yeah, they, they don't, don't have, have hot water, hot yeah. water, because that's that's the only point of that is like that's something that you wouldn't even think about it. You just go turn the bathtub on and you have hot water. It's water yeah, it's exactly there. whatever temperature you wanted it. That's like that was that is something that shocked me because it's something I had never even thought about before. They're like there are people living in major cities in America that do not have access to hot water. There are people living in major cities that don't have access to clean water. Yes, that is accurate as well. That's a whole different set of problems, though. Correct. That's the system being messed up, but for different reasons. Right. I also think you you spoke to how like there's this deep seated stereotype type that black people don't know how to swim. I think Sharon learning how to swim also teaches him, like the importance of Juan being there is you are going to be different than everyone else. Right, from the from the beginning, yeah. He's going to be different because he is different. He was born different. He was born, whether he is, you know, straight, but, gay or whatever. Right, but there are people in this world who are like you. Right. Like Juan might not be gay, but he can swim. Right. That is, yeah, definitely a connective, a connective tissue, a connective bond between them. Is it like, and Juan's different because he's kind. Right. He's, you know, the only person in Sharon's life, at least at that point, that takes any amount of, of interest in the kid. You right. know, he, he doesn't ask questions. He doesn't make him talk. He feeds him. He takes care of him. He brings him home to his, and you, you even see the scene where Teresa's like, why would you bring some random kid home? And then as soon as she gets in the car, she's just completely different because she realizes that like that she's not going to solve anything by by being mean to this kid. However right. she feels about it, she needs to put that aside to take care of the kid. And so he meets those people and they are different. They're different because they're they're he's a drug dealer still. Like he's a different drug dealer. So that scene is 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 both humanizing of Sharon because he learns that there are people like him, but it's humanizing of Juan as well in that like he is just like a regular guy. Regardless of what he does for a living, he's a regular guy. Right. And he's able to turn work off and go home. Right. Which speaks to like the way men think. You know, we compartmentalize things. We we I'm at work now and at, while I'm here I do work, but when I'm at home I provide and that's what I do. And it doesn't matter where the money comes from. Uh what matters is that I have it. Right. And even when when Sharon looks at Juan and it's like, So you sell drugs, he looks back at Teresa like did I just say the wrong thing? And Teresa's just like, Whatever, it's a living. I mean she doesn't say that, but she doesn't say anything. With the exception of my wife, Janelle Monet is now the only prettiest person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She's a That's she's a, a she's a treasure. Yeah. Um, I would I would advise getting into some of her music if you never have. I've, I mean, I've listened to her like radio songs. I don't know anything beyond. She's that, got though. good stuff. She's a very talented individual. She was good yeah, in this. For the, the the time she was in it. I mean, that's... And that's really like... This movie doesn't lean on one particular actor at all. No, no. And the fact that Sharon is three and different Kevin's people. And Kevin's three different is, people. Right. Um, and then, you know, uh, Juan is only in his life for part one. Teresa's a little bit in his life for part two. The only consistency is Kevin. And his mother. And his mother. She's the only actress, or only actor in the movie that stays through all three parts. 
This movie just has so much to say on so many different topics. It, it just shows you the many, many different ways that Sharon was let down by everything that's supposed to be there for him. Like, this kid never stood a chance. And again, this, no, that's what really I was saying did. earlier about, like, it was surprising to me that Kevin was surprised that he ended up selling drugs. Like, I get the I get the mentality of, like, well, my mom does it. I wouldn't want to be any part of it. But, like, to him, that's all there is. That's the only option. Because he was in jail when he was, like, 14. Right. Like, he got sent to juvie. And, I mean, God knows what happened to him from there. You know, I, you don't know we don't know when he got out. We don't know how long he stayed in prison. But we know that, like, Kevin even says it's like everybody goes to jail. And that's such a right. wild thing coming from, from my background. It's like... Everybody doesn't go to jail here. Right. I noticed that I was growing up and there was a time where we were out with some strangers. We weren't like hanging out with some strangers, but we were at, there's the spot in the Salem where there's just like a rope swing. You can swing into the the river we were out there and there was some other group of people out there and they were just talking about like like it was absolutely nothing oh yeah i just did six weeks out in, in county and then next month i've got two weeks up in in the city and they were talking about prison and it was like what yeah. like that was just part of the lifestyle right it was that and that's the the that's just the, the privilege that we grew up with it is it's eye-opening and that's that Makes you want to cherish every blessing. And it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely not like a, I mean, it definitely is like a white privilege thing, but it's more to the point, it's a, it's a class privilege. Yeah. That like, uh, we, we have never been forced to turn to things that get us into prison for, for any purpose. Right. For employment, for entertainment, for anything. Right. Um, and you know, like that there are, they talk about all the time. It's like, like, like if, if I, if I in high school wanted to make friends with people who didn't, are well, you can read books about Southwest Virginia and our problems with drugs. But if high school, I wanted to be friends with people who didn't do drugs. Like if somebody offered me drugs and I was like, okay, that person's not my friend anymore. Right. There were... There were heaps of people who were not involved. Yeah, there were few, there were very few people that were, and and everybody knew about it. And there were people that weren't. Right. Um. There were most of the, most of the people weren't. So it's because it's not like a, a it's not like a thing. It's like nobody's parents for the most part were doing it. And if they were, it wasn't like. But it wasn't like like it wasn't like when when I, I'm sure we did, but it was not like a known thing that oh that kid's parents are on crack. Right. And it's like yeah, uh, that was like a hyperbolic insult. Yeah. When Sharon's parent or when Sharon is like yeah my my mom leaves all kinds of stuff sitting around it's like that didn't happen we weren't exposed to that right right now we know we knew uh, people that drank in high school um, yeah and plenty of people's parents do that but that's again that's like you know, alcoholism is like a like a sort of like a thing of privilege Ooh, that's a deep statement there but i mean it is it's like you're not turning to any any substance that is like you're turning to something that you have to like work a lot harder to get that sort of effect at right because you have that privilege of being able to say like yeah i'm just gonna drink like a 30 pack of bush light right and you're not you don't have to worry about where that's coming from. Legal to right. Acquire. It's the thing is you just walk into store. You don't have to worry about where it's coming from. You just buy it, and like you know, it's not it's not an amount of money that's going to throw you off usually. Now it can definitely it definitely doesn't usually not end in a place of privilege. But I don't know. This, this movie made me think a lot about a lot of things. Um, specifically because you see both sides of the prison system. You see how for a guy like Kevin, it worked. Right. He went to prison and he was like, you know what? While I'm here, I'm going to take an opportunity to work in the uh, kitchens. Although it was random, it sounded like it was assigned to him. And then he found a passion and then he got out. And it, again, he was no Michelin star chef or anything. Right. But he got to he be, got to be somebody. somebody. He got a job that he can he can go home. He can be proud of. He can tell his kids what he do, what he does. They take his kids right. to work. And yeah, it's like he he doesn't have a relationship with his his ex, but he still has a relationship with his kid. Right. Um. Well, then it sounds like there's a reason him and his ex aren't together. Yeah. And it's just like they're, you know, that's not a typical, even it even shows you in this movie, like Sharon doesn't have a father. He's not even like mentioned. Yeah. Uh, um, it's just Juan understood him, that Sharon Yeah, Juan asks him about it and he just doesn't say anything and it never right. comes up again. Right. I don't know. This is a tough movie. This is tough to watch. But I encourage you, dear listener, if you've made it this far in the episode, to watch this film. Yeah, it's on, it's Netflix. on Netflix. It's not particularly... It's profane. 
It is very profane. Uh, it, it earned its R rating in the first 30 seconds, but it's not particularly like anything else. Like there are drugs, um, you know, some some kids do some gay stuff together, but it's not like there's a, there's a, there's violent, a violent scene. scene, but like this is a shockingly unviolent movie. And I think that's important. That it's not a violent movie. It doesn't show because you you know Sharon has been involved in in violence in the prison system and and afterward because he carries a gun and because right. he didn't just like get out of juvie on his 18th birthday. Right. Um. It's important that this movie is not you know it shows one scene of violence but it doesn't you know nobody ever shoots anybody nobody does any of that because that's not the part of this that matters like the violence that occurred to him doesn't and uh, that occurred to him and that he incurred on other people doesn't take away from his story it's just reality and again this is coming from the the, the voices of two people that have never and and hopefully will never have to live through anything like this yeah this is horrifying yeah. it's like you know I, I i don't plan on becoming a drug dealer um i think that my life would have to take some very severe turns for that to be the case walter yeah yeah um it makes you think about stuff like that in a different light as well that like this is an interesting little Hold on. This is an interesting little piece of trivia. I just wanted to bring up real quick, and then we'll get back to that point. And I wanted to bring this up while I'm reading it. Uh, did you know the three actors who play Sharon never met? Really? Really. They're supposed to bring their own version of the character. I believe it. Because, I mean, like, when you think about it, six-year-old me was not the same person as 16-year-old me was not the same person as 26-year-old me. Right. Yeah, it's three completely different parts. It's three different people. Like, obviously, it's three different actors, right. but it's three different people. It's They're, they're named the parts are named for their names. Right. Because when he's growing up, he's little. That's it. That's his whole identity. I don't, I don't entirely get the name though. What like I mean? get why they, I get why they called it Moonlight, but I don't know that I understand the significance of Juan telling him that story. And then the final scene. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I, I don't um, sort of understand that there's, there's a lot of nuances that I tried to find and missed from this movie. And I would love to have a conversation with somebody who knows a little bit more about film and and a little bit a lot more about black people in america this is a powerful film and if you watch this on our recommendation uh would would you have watched this without us recommending it would i have ever gotten around to this if we weren't covering it i don't know i would have eventually there would definitely be an effort at some point for me to watch like all the oscar winners because i've not seen an embarrassing number of them this was one of the only um best picture winners that i haven't seen well there you go I can add it to the list. I think that brings me up to almost all of them. Hang on. I can tell you real quick. All right. I know I haven't seen the first two. 28 or 29. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, man. This is an embarrassing experience. I've seen a lot of the 90s to 2010. Okay. Man, Russell Crowe movies won back to back. I did not realize that. Okay. I have seen, now with Moonlight, I've seen all but four of them. You missed the, the first, first two. two. I don't remember what they're called at this point, but they're from the 20s. I have not seen either of them. And I have not seen uh, Argo or The Shape of Water. I've heard those are good. I have as well. Um, I have not seen almost any of them. <laughs> I've seen Moonlight, Birdman, No Country for Old Men, Return of the King, Beautiful Mind, Gladiator, Shakespeare in Love, Titanic, Braveheart, Forrest Gump, Schindler's List, Silence of the Lambs, Amadeus, Gandhi, Chariots of Fire, Rocky, nope. My Fair Lady, West Side Story. Uh, oh, Bridge on the River Kai 1. Great movie. If you like war movies, it's not. Not really a war I'm movie. A big war movie guy. It's uh my my late father was a big war movie guy. I've seen yeah. most of these. I've seen most of the movies on this list at sort of uh just them being on in my house. Okay, I listed all the ones I've seen. Um, but like if you watch Turner Classic movies, they play every single one of these movies at least three times a year. Well, until like you know the the nineties. Anyway, yeah, this is the best picture winner. 
And this is a year I haven't seen a ton of the, the other nominees. I just didn't, I don't think I watched a lot of like air quote good movies that year. It's films like this that do remind me how much I appreciate the type of cinema we normally cover on this show. I genuinely love this movie. There's no doubt about that. And I think there's definitely a place for watching films like this and being a part of films like this. And I think they're important. But I think for every one of these I watch, I honestly want to watch Ocean's Eleven 10 times. 10's a lot. Maybe a lot. Maybe, maybe five times. Yeah, I don't know. I like I like movies I, like this. Um, I did. T- I just said I like movies. I didn't like say this. you didn't. I'm oh, just. Okay. I'm. I'm uh, talking about me. Okay. Talking about me. I want to talk about me. <laughs> Welcome back to Beer for My Horses, your number one Toby Keith fan cast. <laughs> no. That song has some problematic ideas about what we would do with all these criminals in Miami. <laughs> so yeah, I believe I don't even want to say it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I do. So I don't even know. At a point. I lost it. So this is this is not a movie. This is not a movie about being proud to be gay, the way Love Simon was. Yeah, no. Simon like walks away at the end, like I get to reinvent my identity in college, and it's gonna be okay because college is a happy liberal place. But this is a movie that like sort of informs the other side of the story, and I think that it is important for for white people to watch it and learn something. I think it's important for straight people to watch it and like something or learn something. Um, but it definitely does show you that like like I said, it, 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 Sharon might have been all right if he wasn't gay but that was enough for even the other black people to think of him as an outsider right there was no community right. for him there, there was, was no there was anything. nowhere for him and this is obviously this is not something i know anything about or can explain or in any way comment on but this is like this is a thing that you hear about that like that there is sort of like a a in some in some parts of the black culture that there can be like a, a cannibalistic nature and you see a lot of a lot of people on the social internet especially talking about how you know if if black people want to get anything accomplished then they need to stop fighting themselves and that's a lot of what this movie is saying but it's like an endless cycle of violence right because right? it doesn't like, it's it, not supposed to, they they didn't know anything about kevin but they were still making him right it's like crimes. you're not there's no winner in this movie like right. nobody gets away clean nobody has like a hero's ending right like it sucks for sharon it sucks for kevin it sucks for the kid who got whacked by the chair like nobody wins here right and i don't i don't have an answer i don't know well i'm I'm happy with leaving it there yeah we'd love for you to join in on the conversation if you want to share your comments on moonlight feel free to shoot us an email at bacon and at gmail.com if you want it to be a little bit more private or you tweet at us at bacon and eggs pod tweet at america carlin or tweet at bacon and ethan if you have something specific about something we said i i, I firmly believe that we may have said something uninformed uh that that we that we are seeking education oh, for on. sure for sure you know i i i don't want to pretend for a second that i'm the end all be all on these thoughts or and i, I don't think that i said anything no particularly out of line but if i did say something i would like i'd rather but, be yeah educated. i definitely feel like I, I learned part of what this movie was asking of me i don't i don't feel like i got the whole thing but i do definitely feel like i got part of it i definitely feel like at the end of it i i, I walked away having learned something i probably should have already known yeah but this is a, this is a heavy movie but this is a very very good movie um, agreed and man if you want to talk about i know you love to talk about this but if you want to talk about camera as a character cool. did you know did you notice most of the film was shot from child sharon's yeah like behind somebody's head or like through their eyes either through their eyes or literally like at eye level with child sharon yeah like a lot of teenage sharon is shot looking up at the character yeah. Because teenage Sharon never really grew up. Right. If he had, he probably would have, you know, realized that where it was going to end when he smacked some dude over the head with a chair. I don't think there was any stopping that from happening. No, but 
it, that's what I'm saying is that that's the that's the system that broke him. Right. If he'd ever been given a chance, that wouldn't have happened. Right. So yeah, I would I would love to to continue the conversation and and that goes for anybody. You know, this is uh not our normal thing that we do here on Bacon and Eggs. There were like no explosions in this movie. Not one. Um, I thought for sure that car when it lasted that long was going to be a transformer. <laughs> Maybe this is a prequel to Bumblebee. <laughs> You see just John Cena in the background there for a second. You're like, what, was that John Cena? Was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like John Cena's cop days before he gets joined his military. Right. He just shows up just real brief, totally normal. Like a routine drug bust. Right. No comedy to it. Just, all right, boys, we know what you're doing. Click, click. You're getting in the back of the vehicle. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Yeah. So we got to rank this on the big board. And this is so different than any, everything we've reviewed this year. That's going to be challenging. Um, But before we get to the wrap up, this episode is brought to you by our patron and good friend, Jess aka story diver and she has a message she would like to share with the world she would she has asked us to say where is it hang on i just had it and then my service closed she has asked us to say being positive doesn't equate to being happy all the time being positive is knowing that the hard times you're in will end and that you will be happy again love jess love so that, she just jess. wanted everybody to know that if you have something you would like to let us know or you'd like to let everybody else know through us or you would like to talk to some specific person or you'd like to push or promote something that you have you can do that now we have a tier on discord just yeah not tier on discord we have a tier on Patreon just for you. It's a $15 a month level. We will put you in our sponsor message rotation. Every time your name comes up, we're going to say something that you want us to say. It can pretty much be whatever you want. We do reserve the right to, like, say no. Like, just, you know. They can be ridiculous. They can be ridiculous, but, like, don't, you know, don't be weird or offensive. Just be cool. You can be weird. You can't be offensive. Well, I, weird was, like, a stand-in there for, like, you know, things that would make you, like, physically uncomfortable. Yeah. But you can be weird. Yeah, it can be strange. In fact, I encourage the strange. Our next week's sponsorship message. Oh, you're going to get strange. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, go to... I know you. You're Go to discord.com slash bacon and eggs. $15 a month. You can join the sponsorship tier. We will read a message from you with our own voices. With our own face mouths. Our, our mouth own mouth holes. holes, which is an uncomfortable term. I got mouth holes. I got nose holes. I got, I got horses holes. in the back. I got my horses in the back. Like Cicero. No. All right, Ethan. I'm not starting from the bottom here. Mm-mm. I'm starting from, there's more than 10 movies here, but what's currently ranked 10? Is it better than Ocean's 11? Yeah. Get out. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the movie <laughs> the movie get out that took me a second i was like is it better notions 11 yes get out i was like oh well well <laughs> but it, well it, it is. is it is though okay dark knight yes. rises toy yes. story 2 interstellar yes how to train your dragon yes. 3 toy story 3 yeah us yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Not better than Jurassic Park? I mean, it's it's important in a different way. Listen, this, this is literally like comparing... This is, yeah, this is... Which one's a better... The dumbest conversation this is like we've ever comparing, had. Right. Which is a better pair of shoes? The moon or the ocean? Right. <laughs> oh, uh... <laughs> that's not even that. It's just like, which is a better pair of shoes? Some really nice dress loafers or some, like, functional sneakers? Right. Like, you're not allowed to wear one to work. Right. <laughs> But you're also not allowed to wear one to the basketball Right, court. like one of them's for comfort and fun, and one of them's for, for discomfort and learning. I still think the moon and the ocean thing. Wabaki. Wabaki. I do think, we have Avengers Endgame at number one right now, but Tokyo Drift might be better. <laughs> Just standard, oh. standard fish out of water story. Oh. 
How many fish did you even see in water in Avengers Endgame? There was a there was a maybe reference to Namor, but that's it. I do want to cover more of this type of movie. Not every week, but okay. like I'd like to talk about some 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 cinema from time to time. Cinema. We have another one on this list that we have two other three others on this list that are cinema. There's one that sort of flirts with cinema. The Hunger Games is on here twice. What are our other ones on the list that that you would qualify in the same category? Get Out and Us and Interstellar. Although there are explosions in Interstellar. Yeah, but like National treasure no no at some point i want to cover birdman <laughs> okay Ethan, i'm not against i'm just, you I'm just saying i'm not saying you're against I'm me we're getting defensive okay i'm okay. just saying that's a th- oh my god this movie has a great spoonerism moonlight is a tragic tale about a uh african-american man growing up in miami and dealing with the fact that he's gay but loon might is about the power of the mighty loon the most powerful songbird in all the land. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bacon and Eggs. I've been Power Ethan Edge. Strong Joe. enough He's to been destroy Tyler men. Carlin. And until next week, shut the Fortnite up about the loon. <laughs> loon, but that's what loons sound like. It's a very bad impression, but that's a loon. You're a loon. The mighty loon. You're a loon. The mighty loon has come to destroy you and soothe you to sleep. Eternal sleep. Shut up about the sun! Because the mighty loon destroyed you. Who's talking about the sun? Oh, it's, uh, there's an episode of The Office. There's a late stage episode where uh, Andy won't shut up about the sun. And they're in a meeting and Andy's talking about the sun. And Gabe just like pounds his fists on the desk and is like, shut up about the sun! But somebody, somebody made it into like a, like a death metal song. And that was what I thought of. I don't know why. The mighty loon has come to destroy what is us this all. From? With soothing. What do you, What do you mean? This is what I. I'm. This is the bit. You just keep saying the mighty loon has come to destroy us yes, all. Yes, the loon. Loon might. Are you the mighty something? Loon. Like, is this a reference I'm supposed to get? It's the spoonerism no, I from get Moonlight. That, but like you've said, the mighty loon has come to destroy us all like six times now. No, 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 no. It's just the mighty loon. He is he's here. He's Jay right now. And he when will you do that voice, you. that's your Jay voice. Oh, hey, God. brother. Hey, brother. The mighty loon has come to destroy us all. Fear the mighty loon. That's, yeah, it sounds like you're naming right, a Pokemon. Like I could name a Pokemon the mighty the, loon. I'd have to do a Nuzlocke, but there's no demand for that. There's, wonder if anybody there's wants lots me to do a Nuzlocke. of demand for that, Tyler. Stop I doing that thing. I wonder if anybody thing. wants me to do Stop a Nuzlocke. Stop doing the thing. There's, I haven't Stop gotten any doing the thing. I just wish somebody would tweet at me and say, hey, Ty, it would be kind of cool if you did a Nuzlocke. I hate this so much. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool if you did a Nuzlocke and you named one of the Pokemon the Mighty Loon. I think that would be really interesting, really interesting Nuzlocke video, and I would cry when the Mighty Loon died. Or maybe I would celebrate. Rest in peace, Halucha. On I saw you wipe a no, tear away just now. I'm freaking sweating. You think about the death of the no, mighty I'm loon? I'm sweating. My eyes are itching. I have sweat in my eyes. Yeah, you're just sweating into your eyes. Yeah. That's called crying, Ethan. Uh, on May 16th, 2019, uh, one of our mods, Pixel, said, please do a Nuzlocke. Thanks. Tongue sticky outy face in Discord. And it was retweet emoji three times. And you said, maybe, maybe it won't be as pretty as Jay's and y'all will resent me for it. And then, and then Woozle All of says, the above is true. And then says, oh, hey, and then you make comments like, shit to your voice is sound like Jay's. just like Jay's. I'm just going to delete your audio because I don't care what you have to say right now. I'm not done talking. Woozle says, no, we won't. It'll be fun. Exclamation point. And I said, I can help. Yeah. And then just now you were like, your voices sound just like Jay's. So clearly I already know what the comments are going to be. Can't do my own voices. Or, or you could just do your actor. own voices instead of going, the mighty loon. <laughs> the mighty loon will destroy you all. <laughs>
I'm ready for the mighty loon. I've been, I've never been more excited about a loon. The mighty, I think the mighty loon is a geodude. That's the thing. Why would the mighty loon be a geodude? It's a Nuzlocke. There's no guarantee I'm going to catch a loon-type Pokemon. A loon type is there even Pokemon. a loon Pokemon? <laughs> yes, that's the new type. It's, it's right between flying and grass. It's loon-type. You know what? You're laughing at me, but Drifloon is literally loon-type. As well as Swadloon. Well, it's a leaf-wrapped Pokemon. That is a Ashy cloud a with gray loon. Donald Trump hair. That is a, sorry, a balloon with gray Donald Trump <laughs> yes, hair. Yes, it is. It is a balloon with a cloud hair. That is not loon type. That's balloon type. Oh, balloon type. The mighty balloon. The mighty balloon. Come to kill us all. <laughs> Dropping bombs from its mighty balloon terrace. Folks, are you still listening? Or did you stop listening when I said the I've been Ethan and he's been Tyler? If you're still listening, I don't know. Uh, there's no like direct like comment. Follow thing. us on, on things. Follow Story Diver on things because we love Jess. And wasn't her episode so great? Listen this upcoming weekend as Bacon and Eggs takes on Perspective Z in the mashup of the century. Uh, the most ambitious crossover event this side of the Mississippi. I think halfway. I could spell it too. Is it? Is it both of Are all of us on this side of the Mississippi? I have no earthly idea where Iowa is. <laughs> Iowa. I think that's on the other side. Iowa. Where are the Moines? Des Moines. Des Moines. Uh, yeah. Des Moines is on the other side of the Mississippi. Okay. So this almost the most ambitious crossover event this side of the Mississippi because we are crossing over the Mississippi to cross over with Perspective Z to bring you Perspective Y, your second favorite generational podcast that only has one episode and only two of three hosts are millennials. Perspective Z. Perspective. 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 I'll figure out. You know what? You know what? When I edit it, when you ever upload the audio, I will. Uh, oh. I will figure out what to title it. You know what's funny is I walked into my office today and I looked at my computer and I was like, oh, I wonder what file I'm supposed to be uploading right here because like upload a file thing was there. Well, so, it was that one. Oh, I opened my phone well, and I have a group text now. from my band and it's just Simba with pecs and a butt. I'm going to actually this That's is a, nice. you have to look at this cursed image I'm sending this to you. We have gone so far we we stayed on the rails for a surprisingly long time this episode and now we have lost it entirely. We are more lost than we've ever been. We just spent 5 Oh, this is a... Minutes talking about loons. I, I never needed to oh, see yes, this. Oh, yes, we did. Anyway, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Bacon and Ethan on Instagram and that wow now, but the zeros on Twitter. Tyler is at America Carlin. That's America, R-L-I-N, on Twitter and Instagram. And we're at Bacon and Eggs Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get at us, you can get at us on Discord for $3 a month, the price of one Lego coffee per year. Only $36. That's a, that's a great price. That is a great price because there's a lot of genuinely nice people in there and also Ethan yeah, and I. Yeah, so join Discord. You can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and you can also while you're there get a sponsor message yeah um anyway our graphics are by Vaishan he is on he is Vaishan Brandon he is on Instagram at graphite.vmb and our music is by the lovely Andrew Scott Bell and he's on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Scott Bell music nope just Andrew Scott Bell Andrew Scott Bell music.com I've been Ethan Chill he's been Tyler Carl until next week Arriva Dirty. alright water for me and a little gin for you <laughs>